Well, let's turn to Psalm 22, 22nd Psalm. And as you know, we're still opening up the title, and we've given you the reason as to why we're doing so. But one of the main reasons is the fact that we see so many titles in the Psalms, and it's always good then to have at least some idea of what they're talking about when we do read them. And secondly, and my belief is that they are uh, part of Scripture, and they need to be opened up just like any other portion of God's Word. So today, we're going to take up the phrase, a Psalm of David. So we're going to look at that. We've examined thus far to the chief musician. We've looked at what others may have thought the Ajalith Shehar may have meant, and does mean, or some believe. And today, we're going to be examining then that it is a psalm of David. First thing I want us to notice, it is that it is a psalm, and I'm not going to go into this in very great detail because we've already opened this up a little bit already, but this is a psalm that's found within the Psalter, or the Book of Psalms as we call it. It is dedicated, obviously, to uh, the psalms here in which we are to sing, as well as learn, and those other things, of course, that we find in the Word of God regarding the psalm. So as we come to this psalm as well, all the things that we have said about a psalm, all the functions of it in the Word of God, it would apply just as well to this psalm here also. So I want to handle mainly the information there that it is a psalm of David. And of course that means here that David is the author, we believe, of the psalm. Now, there are many uh, titles in the Psalter that actually has David's name attached to it. And so we then believe then that they are at least composed by King David. But not only that, there are some Psalms that do not have David's name attached to them, yet we do know as well that they are uh, composed by King David. And the reason that we know that is because it's been revealed to us in the New Testament. For instance, and I think I mentioned this before, Psalm 2. If you turn over to the New Testament, it'll tell us there that the second psalm is a psalm of David, which has no title to it at all. You go to Psalm 95, which doesn't give David as the title in the title there that he's the author. But not only does it sound like David as you read the psalm, but as we come to the New Testament again, it does tell us that this was a psalm that is authored by David. So we do see David's name attached to many of the psalms, and we also see a few psalms that David's names are not attached, but we know from the New Testament then that they are David. Then there are some psalms that the New Testament doesn't tell us about that they're David, but they have that familiar ring of David's composition to them. And so most commentators in, if they're trying to be true to the scriptures, they would say, well, this sounds like a psalm of David, and they would give David then the credit for being the author of that particular or other psalms like that. I didn't take the time to go through there. I had the number of it in my head a long time ago, but I can't remember now just how many titles have the word or have the idea that David is the author of them. But as we come to this one, it says a psalm of David, as we read there. We know this, of course, to be King David, and I think there are some things that, of course, that would be very familiar to all of us about David and that he is the author of this psalm. His name, for instance, is mentioned about a thousand times in the Word of God itself. So David actually plays a very 
prominent place in the scriptures. So as we come across the scriptures, we find many things then related to us about David. His name is found in both Testaments, both Old Testament and the New Testament. His name uh, means beloved. And of course, he was beloved of God. And we would also have to say he was beloved of Israel. His nation uh, greatly loved David. Now, there were some times and situations where there were some folks who did not care for David. But in a whole, the nation of Israel, both Judah and the bottom, uh, Israel itself certainly had great respect and love for their king. The first time we find David's name mentioned is found in the book of Ruth. But we also find out that it's contained in many other books of the Bible, First and Second Samuel. We find him in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. He's in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, the Psalms, obviously, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos, Zechariah. Each of the Gospels, David's mentioned. And he's also found in the book of Acts. He's found in the book of Romans. He's also found in 2 Timothy, Hebrews, and of course, finally, in the book of Revelation, also contains his name. So you can see then, he was a, a man who was well-known in the scriptures. So if you've read your Bible, or you think you have, and you haven't come across the name of David very often, then of course, that means you're not paying much close, close attention to, in your Bible reading. Now, there are several things that, we, that can be known about David as one does survey the scriptures, and I'll just give you a few for instances of this. Now, I know you all know him, but again, this is just stuff we need to hear uh, to kind of keep us bone up on all this kind of thing. Uh, the writer of the book of Ruth, for instance, tells us that he is Ruth's and Boaz's great-grandson. So if you think about it then, that means David had a little bit of Moabite blood in him. But they didn't count that as far as the kingdom was concerned. They went through the father's line. And we know him to be of the tribe of Judah because that is where Boaz was from. And so that would make David then of that particular line. As our Lord Jesus sprang from the tribe of Judah as well, we know that he also came from David's loins. Now, this is an important point because it was prophesied of old that he, that is the Christ, was to be of the line of seed of Abraham and also of the tribe of Judah. And if you turn in the book of, well, I'll just turn there. I can get there faster. Probably uh, Genesis chapter 49 and beginning there in verse 9, we read something of that. Maybe I wouldn't get there faster. Bible still got some newness in it, and I ain't got it broke in yet. Psalm 49, verses 9 through 12. He says here, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion... Who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. That word Shiloh there, the commentators say that that's referring to none other than Jesus Christ himself. So we know then that that is so. 
Uh, Matthew in the Gospel of Matthew speaks of him, and as you remember, he's the of the son of Abraham, the son of David. There in Matthew chapter one and verse one. Now, of David, as far as his life is concerned, we know several things about him regarding that. He was a shepherd in his youth, so as he was growing up, we don't know the exact age or anything like that, but we know as a young man or a young older boy that he was someone who tended sheep. So that was his business, as we would say, as he was growing up, he was taking care of his father's sheep. We know of him to be brave, even as he was a young man or an older boy as in his youth. We know of his relating there to uh, King Saul how that he killed both a lion and a bear. So that was a pretty brave, some brave acts there uh, performed by David in killing those two animals and um, taking care of his flock. And so uh, when uh, he was to go out and to meet Goliath, obviously he was not fearful of that even. We also know that he was the one who did, did kill David uh, or uh, <coughs> Goliath of Gath. He remember, remember your stories as you were growing up, probably in Sunday school and so forth. He was the one who uh, killed the giant with a sling and a stone. And so that's one of the things that uh, he's certainly famous for. We also know him to be a very great soldier. You remember the women would comment on him as they sang to about him in contrast to, Paul, uh, uh, to Saul, King Saul. They said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So it's showing us there that while Saul was a great king and a great soldier, yet he didn't kill as many people as, king, as David did. And so this was noted by the people, something of the great soldiery of uh, this one man who was to become the king of Israel someday. Of course, that called uh, Saul to become very jealous when he heard such things, and that's caused um, uh, Saul's wrath to be upon David. And of course, David had many trials and uh, incidents regarding uh, Saul because of that, how that Saul was trying to kill uh, David. We also know David as the king of Israel, something, uh, again, more famous about him. Uh, the kingdom was delivered over to him uh, by God, having taken it, you remember, from King Saul. David reigned, as it tells us in the scripture, some 40 years, 33 years, he reigned in Hebron, and I guess uh, or, what is it? seven years he reigned in Hebron, and the rest he reigned in Israel. So a total of 40 years. He was prosperous no matter what he did. He was very successful as a king. Uh, even God himself had made a covenant with David, promising him that his seed would sit upon the throne of God forever. And of course, we have the fulfillment of that in the Lord Jesus himself. We also know that God had made him a prophet. Now, sometimes we don't consider David in such a light, but he was also entitled as a prophet in the scripture. We see that in the Old Testament as well as the New so David was both a king and also he was a prophet. So in that station as a prophet then, God had remain, uh, revealed unto him many, many things. He revealed him many prophecies and especially prophecies regarding the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. 
also, not just necessarily as a prophet, but probably as a prophet as well, the gospel was revealed to him, and not just in a, a saving manner, but also in a manner in which he was able to convey some of the gospel truths that we find, especially in the Old Testament, in regards to the Lord Jesus. Not only speaking up again about the new birth of himself, but about Christ and him coming into his kingdom, Christ in his incarnation, Christ in his sufferings. Just as Psalm 22 here is going to tell us something of the greatness of his sufferings there upon the cross and his exaltation, that is God answering his prayers upon us. So we see something of the agonies there of the cross on Psalm 22 is related already. And that again was something that was revealed unto David. We also know that David spoke much about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, many of the what we would call proof texts in the book of Acts that, that the apostles gave in preaching came from the words of David himself. So as the New Testament preachers there in the book of Acts were preaching and they would speak about the resurrection, they would refer their hearers back to something that David had said in in the Psalms or in other places where David uh, has spoken. Now, the last mention of David's name is in uh, the book, as we said, in the book of the Revelation, where it speaks, he's speaking there of the words of Jesus Christ uh, in verse, or is it, it's Revelation 22 and uh, verse 16. We're speaking of, of this. 22:16. He says, "I Jesus have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star." So we see then the Lord Jesus making mention that he has a relationship there with King David. We also know David to be a man after God's own heart. This is spoken about David himself uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14 where that's actually mentioned. And the Apostle Paul actually quotes that in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. When Paul is preaching there, he makes mention of David and he speaks of him in this light. Acts 13 and verse 22. He says, And when he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So again, even in the New Testament there, that was something that was remembered of David, that he was a man after God's own heart. Now, those are some of the things that we know about David that are revealed in the Scripture. And one other thing, of course, is that he is the author of our psalm as we turn to Psalm, chapter, or psalm 22. Now, in relationship to this uh, thing, we need to recognize then that David was quite the musician. He not only could write poetry, but he was also skilled in what we would call musical instruments. He could play, we don't know how many, but we do know he could play upon instruments. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, which I didn't write down, so 1 Samuel chapter 16, 
and verses 14, beginning there in verse 14, it says this, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let thy Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing and a mighty valiant man, a man of war and prudent in manners and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. And then in verse 23, he says, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul. You notice that was the evil spirit from God. How about that? Uh, was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the evil spirit departed from him. So we see the instance there that David was a man who could play instruments, musical instruments, but also he was noted about it. In other words, it just wasn't something he did in his home. He strummed his guitar or whatever the case may be. But the fact of the matter is, this was something that obviously he had done publicly so that others were very aware then of his skill. But you notice something else in this text about David. It's found in verse 18 that I read a moment ago. It gives us something there, several qualities or attributes about David. He says, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. So we figure out he's a son then of Jesse. That he is cunning in playing. There's another thing. That he's a mighty, valiant man, which we've already discussed, and he was a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Now that's a, that's a mouthful to say about one individual person, isn't it? That he was all those things, and not only that, but he was noted about that. This was something that not just... Somebody within his circle of friends knew or something that only his family members knew about him. But this was something that was most likely widespread that it would even come to the ears of those who were in the court of Saul. So this is a very important point about David, that he was a man, no doubt, who was greatly blessed and was certainly blessed of the Lord. Now, when we think about his musical abilities then, they're certainly, uh, they certainly fit him to be the writer of many of the psalms that we find in the scripture. So much so that he's actually called the psalmist. In uh, for, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 1, uh, he says, Now these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, and the man who was raised on, up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. So here again, he's, there's a notation about David that not only is he a psalmist, but he is the sweet psalmist of David. There was something about David's psalms that rang a bell in what we would say the emotions or the affections of people, that he was known as someone who would write those sweet 
psalms regarding the Lord, his kingdom, and so forth. It was David who, under the guidance of God, who uh, you remember as we spoke about here recently, set up the temple worship, which to was to include uh, the musical instruments. Let's go over that again, not very not in depth, but just some verses regarding that. For instance, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 15, it says there, And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched it for a tent. In other words, he made a tent for the ark of God. But it's there then that David begins to devise uh, instruments in which are to be used in God's house. First Chronicles 6.31 And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord after that the, har- the ark had rest. Remember before that there was nothing like that found. It was only at this particular time and junction in the history of Israel that this came about. First Chronicles chapter 25 verse 1 Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Heman and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals, and the number of the workmen according to their service. And he gives a list of that. So again, this was something that was new to the worship of God, that of course that was instituted by God himself. First Chronicles 23, verse 5. Moreover, four thousands were porters. That is, he's talking about the number of people who were taking care of the ark. And four thousand praised the Lord with the instruments which I made, said David, to praise therewith. So David here mentioning that very fact. Again, this was all new. This was not something that was just David carried on because this is what was going on all in the past. This was something that was newly instituted there in the worship of God. Second Chronicles 7, verse 6. And the priests waited on their offices, the Levites also with the instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. When David praised by their ministry, and the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. Again, Second Chronicles 29, verse 25. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandment of David and of Gath, the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. So this whole idea of musical instruments and all of that was going in into the worship of God was not something that was man-made. It wasn't something that David sat around thinking, you know... Since I'm king, I think I have the authority to do all of this. And I think it would just sound nice if we had some musical instruments to go along in our worship service. That's not what it was doing here. (coughs) In reality, it was something that God himself had instituted. We notice there in that passage, for so the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. So the prophets went in, which would include David, went in and said, this is what the Lord is expecting for us to do. So again, it goes back to that regulative principle of worship, does it? We don't, we don't dare introduce anything into God's worship that doesn't need to be there, that isn't instituted, as we say, by the Word of God or by God Himself. Even after the destruction of Israel and the temple and all that by Nebuchadnezzar 
after the sins of Israel, when they came back and were dwelling in the land again, again, they didn't devise new ways in which to worship God. What they did do was stick to the ways in which God had ordained and set up by David and the prophets. He tells us there in Ezekiel or Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of King or David, king of Israel. So again, Ezra didn't come in and say, well, you know, I'm kind of running the show here. I'm a scribe and I want things to be run this way now. No, he never had any commandment from God to do whatsoever to do that. What he was to do was to go in and reestablish what the Lord had set up through David and the prophets. So we see here that David's pattern then was used even in the days after Israel returned. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, David, though, is the author of many of the Psalms that we do have in the Scripture. Uh, he was the one who composed them. And they're, of course, debated in the Scripture, uh, not necessarily in the Scripture, but those who are commentaries upon Scripture. A lot of times, uh, these titles, which include David's name, if you read the commentators about it, they say, oh, no, David couldn't have written them. And so uh, they take a lot of David's authorship away from the Psalms. And, uh, but again, believing the titles as they, as they are found here, I believe that when it says here that David wrote, is the author of them, then I believe that's exactly what it means. So these are fellows who actually have very little respect of biblical inspiration who say such things. So in reality, he's lost, at least in their eyes, many of the psalms which have been assigned unto him. But again, our title says, if we turn back to Psalm 22, a psalm of David. Now again, as we've already talked about before, whether this is about David himself or it's about something about David uh, or it's all about Christ and some about David and so forth, that's to be debated. But we would have to say here that this is a psalm that does speak uh, or that is written by David himself. And if you turn to Psalm 22, there doesn't seem to be anything in Psalm 22 itself that would argue the point that it's not by David. In other words, as you read Psalm 22, there's nothing in these passages that would say, oh, this isn't about David at all, or this isn't written by David. No, we would say, it sure sounds like David to me when he writes these particular things. Another thing we could say about this, as David is the author, just as we talked about him being very fitted to write Psalm 51 because David fell into that great sin and we see his repentance and his confession in Psalm 51. But as we turn here to Psalm 22, while everything obviously could not be applied to David, unless it's speaking metaphorically and, I, and even in hyperbole, we'd have to say, though, that David certainly was a man who went through many great trials and troubles and could have easily been the writer of this song. David did have his relationship with Absalom and all the troubles that he had there. He had that relationship with Saul and all the troubles that he had there. It, you could see how he could easily 
be the writer of Psalm 22. And another thing we would say about why we would believe David to be the author of this, this is a psalm that speaks with a lot of passion. It would be hard to read this without saying this is something that's very emotional. It speaks to the affections as we read it here. Well, David was such a man. Again, as we referred to in Psalm 51, as David's crying out those things unto God because of his great sins, it was from a man who could feel things very deeply. This is why sometimes it's a little dangerous to say, we all ought to be like David. Well, we're not all like David. God didn't, God didn't constitute us like David. David had some highs and lows that you and I would never, ever face or feel in the Christian life. Now, that doesn't mean we can't sympathize with him or that there isn't some connections there with us and some of the things which he did feel. But nonetheless, none of us are maybe as passionate as David is. And that's okay because it's not meant to be that. Not everyone is a sweet psalmist of Israel. Not everyone is skilled in the art of playing musical instruments as David. So you see, there's some things there that just doesn't fit everyone. And while there may be some close relationships there, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to be one-on-one here with David. So I don't want anyone to think that as they read the Psalms, that, oh no, my, my passions don't reach as deep as this. My repentance doesn't feel as great as this. Well, there's no meter in any of this. There's no little meter on the side of our reference in our Bible that shows how deep this one is and how high that one is. Nothing like that at all. But it doesn't mean we don't have those things. It's just maybe not in the same degree as David did. But one of the things we can say here, as I said, that this was obviously written by a very passionate person, somebody with some deep feelings about them. And of course, that would have been David. He certainly had that. He was very ardent. He was very fervent. And he was very avid in the things that he did as well as the things of which he said. And this is not only seen in Psalm 51 or Psalm 22, but we can also see it written in many other of the Psalms that we have in the Bible. Well, next week, Lord willing, then we will actually begin looking at the text, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, With all of that then, I hope you're able to at least comprehend some of that and bring that into the lessons that we'll be bringing out as we look at Psalm 22, beginning, Lord willing, next time. So may God bless that to us today. Amen.